Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another podcast, another Hardly Millennial podcast. I am your host, Adam, and across from me, I have Matthew, and we are young, dumb, and full of opinions. Opinions, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, before we get started anywhere, I would just like to say, Matthew, today marks our 14th podcast and our 14th day. No kidding. This is it? This is the two-week We got to two weeks already, dude? Two weeks every day, man. Oh my gosh. We promised that, didn't we? We promised that. We have fulfilled the promise, Look at us. Well, we're clearly, we're not millennials. Clearly. Hardly millennials. We're hardly, we're hardly lazy through all of this, you know? (laughs) Oh man. Well, thanks for sticking with us, guys, for two weeks. Yeah. um, I've, I've enjoyed doing a podcast every day. Oh, me too, man. This is great. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So today's topic is something a little more more serious than yesterday, but still fun to talk about. And I think a lot of people um, are really into this right now. And that's like health and dieting. Oh, health and dieting. Health and dieting. Oh, man. We talk about that a lot, like off of podcasts. Yes, we certainly do. part of our conversations. Now, just a disclaimer, though, before we get going on that, I would like to, to, just, to just point out, and I'm sure some of you got this point when watching the vlogs, but we are not the healthiest people currently. We make bad decisions. We make bad decisions. This is true. But I am also somebody who's been on the other side of the fence and has been extremely healthy and has followed. I was going to say, yeah. like, however, we do have a lot of knowledge and we've yes. done a lot of homework on yes. the whole... Um, dieting Mm -hmm. and just overall health aspect of your life exactly and there was a time where um i i personally was very healthy i wasn't smoking i was i was on diets like keto and paleo and did that for a long time was exercising every day and i'll get back there eventually i always go through spurts of both but so this is not just like two completely random uninfluenced people We've done a little bit of this in the past. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, just right right from the top, let's just get out of the way here. What what are some of the typical mainstream diets going on? What, what are some things that we've had experience with? So currently the – well, I'll go through the diets first and then I'll say uh, the ones that I have at least tried. And well, the, the big popular one right now is keto. Keto is huge. That's yes. the one Very everybody's doing right now. It's probably just, if not more popular than the Atkins diet that was popular. Also, 10, also called Bulletproof, right? Typically like the Bulletproof diet. I think Bulletproof is pretty keto. Yeah, Bulletproof or I think ma- the Magic Pill diet is something people refer to it a lot also. Right, right. Um, then there's the Paleo. Oh, really quick. The keto diet is high fat, really low carb, a lot of restrictions of foods you can eat. Zero sugar. Yes. And it, it's the whole point is to get your body to be in a constant state of ketosis and producing ketones instead of glycogen. We'll get into that. Yes. <laughs> and then there's uh, the paleo diet I know is big. But well, I will say this. So paleo diet is usually – it's like the caveman diet, caveman right? Diet. You eat so, stuff that comes from nature. Yeah. So basically that's just meat, vegetables, fruit, you know, no processed foods. But unlike unlike things like keto and whatnot, you can have sugars on paleo as long as they're natural. So yes. you can eat apples and berries and yes. bananas. And uh, you can't have cheese, mm-hmm. I don't think, because cheese doesn't actually come yeah, it's pro- from, it's technically a it's processed. processed. Yeah, but pretty much if if you can find it out in nature somewhere, you can pretty much eat it on paleo. Yeah, if you it's like if you can grow it or raise it, you can you eat can it. Have it. Yeah. Right. 
Um, but that's kind of transformed into the carnivore diet. And I'm not too... Um, I've never practiced the carnivore diet myself. Yeah, and I'm not too knowledgeable in it. I just know that it's a diet where you just eat meat, so you don't even eat fruits yeah, high, and vegetables. Yeah, very high-protein diet. Yeah, but I've I've heard a lot more controversy about that particular diet than I have about some of the past ones. Um, I think those are the three main ones anymore these days that I've heard people really trying and saying that they're on, unless you can think of another one. Carnivore. Well, I mean, other than I, I would call things like being vegan is more of a lifestyle. That's not necessarily a diet. We, we're all aware of that. Uh, no, I think I think that could actually fall in the same category because I could argue that something like keto, especially, is I think more of a lifestyle because it's it's not just about eating. Because veganism, it's about making sure that constantly everything that you're eating, nothing comes from an animal, right? Yeah, I don't so think it can have a face. If it right. comes from something with a face, you can't eat it. Right. So there's a constant practice in it. Whereas keto, I would argue, it's also a lifestyle because you're constantly making sure that you're in ketosis or running off well, of Well, then ketones. we could say there's pretty much four. I would say vegan is definitely a, another yeah. Would you would, would we say vegetarian? I don't feel like I feel like you're not a vegetarian anymore. You're either vegan or you're not. Yeah, vegetarian's just like practicing to be a vegan anymore. Yeah. Really? That's, yeah, that's true. It's like the stepping stone into yeah. veganism. Yeah. Which I've I've personally never really been into the vegan thing. I love meat too much. <laughs> um I I really love meat, which is why keto has worked yes. in the past. Um so Let's start with keto. That's the one that we're obviously the most knowledgeable about. Yes. Uh, we've had the most experience with. So uh, in keto, mm-hmm. uh, the reason it's called the keto diet is because it revolves around putting your body into a state of what's called ketosis. Yes. So when your brain is soaking up uh, energy for your body, right? Your brain needs to like eat energy for it yes. to keep going. Okay. I'm putting this in super basic terms here. Uh, your your brain only eats one of two things. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's either going to soak up energy as sucrose, which mm-hmm. is sugar, or it's going to absorb it as ketones, yes, uh, which is fats. So no matter what you eat, it literally does not matter. Anything you consume gets broken down as either fats or sugars. Yes. So keto is the process of eliminating all of the sugars um, and getting your body adjusted to burning nothing but fat. Yes. So the process typically goes that you would change your diet. You would take all the sugars out. You would start eating keto. Mm -hmm. Um, At first, typically what I've seen is people do not limit their portions. Right. So you can have as much food as you want to stay full as long as you fall under the keto guidelines. Yes. Okay. Then in a, in theory, what you would do is you would start to incorporate fasting or a process called intermittent fasting, which we'll go over in a minute. But by eating nothing but fat, turning it into ketones, your body will actually start to eat your own stored fat mm-hmm. when it runs out of food that you've eaten. Right. Okay. So by that's where the fasting comes in. You're supposed to eat, fill yourself up, and then go a while without eating, burn it all, and start to burn your own body fat. Right. Well, and to be fair, you don't have to fast when you're doing keto to get the benefits from keto. Fasting is kind of an in its whole other realm, but people will usually just practice it while they're doing another diet. The only reason I bring up the fasting mm-hmm. is because I think that there's starting to be a little bit of an 
epidemic almost in the keto world of right. people overeating the fats and not seeing the results that they want um, because they're just consuming more than their body can burn. I don't think so. No? I No. The, what I think, and this is just from my observations of people I've known who have, and I'm doing air quotes here, have tried the keto diet, <laughs> right, or who have been on the keto diet, because there's also this when you're when your body is constantly just having to burn fat it's very i mean it's very very difficult to hold on to that fat cuz your body even when you're doing nothing if you're just sitting down your body's constantly burning energy from somewhere but what i think a lot of people do when these when they try these diets is they get onto the diet, but they give themselves exceptions, right? Or they don't do the full research into the diet. So a perfect example is you can't have legumes on the keto diet, right? Uh, like beans. So yeah, yeah like beans, beans are garbage. Now, what a lot of people don't know, but if you did the research, you would know, is that peanuts are also... Well, peanuts are legumes. They're not nuts. Peanuts are legumes. So if you're doing everything right keto... But you're eating spoonfuls of peanut butter because it's high in fat and low in carbs. And you're like, oh, well, this will Well, your will body work. will only burn the peanut butter. Exactly. And actually wait. And you're not even going to be in ketosis <laughs> at that point, which means that your body is still burning the carbs and not the fat. And yes. I've known other people as well who are like, oh, I'm doing keto. But then their exception is, oh, but I still have creamer, my, you know, sugared creamer, my coffee every morning. That's the only part I'm not so keto. So it's literally not keto. Then. Exactly. You're never getting there. Keto is a great diet. You feel, I have never felt better than when I was on a strict keto diet, but that's the caveat. You'll feel really good, but you have to follow it to a T. Oh yeah. Justin has a great um, analogy that he talks about. Uh, Justin's really big on keto guys. Um, and he always says he relates it to a toddler and Pop-Tarts. Mm -hmm. So think of your brain as the toddler, okay? And the Pop-Tarts are sugar and vegetables and fats are ketones, right. okay? So if you have a toddler living in a house and you buy one pack of Pop-Tarts every day. Yes. And that's the only sugar in the entire house. Everything else is vegetables and proteins and just wonderfully good for you food but you have one package of Pop-Tarts every day in the pantry. Mm -hmm. That toddler will literally eat the Pop-Tarts, and then even if he's still kind of hungry, he'll wait. Yeah. He'll hold out because he knows, or they know, it could be a she, they know that the next day they'll get another pack of Pop-Tarts. Right. Now, if you don't give them the Pop-Tarts for a day, they're still not going to eat the vegetables. They're going to think that the next day they're going to get Pop-Tarts, but what's going to happen is they're going to be pissed. Mm -hmm. They're going to be super mad you took their Pop-Tarts away. That's your brain. So your brain will hold out for the sucrose. It'll know if I just wait, I'll get it. And when it doesn't get it, you have these things called withdrawals mm -hmm. or keto flus or yeah. stomach growling or all of those things are not hunger. You're not hungry. You're having you, withdrawals. You feel hungry, yeah. but you're having withdrawals because mm -hmm. your brain is pissed that you took the sugar away from it. Yes. It's the same thing that happens out there if you're a smoker or let's say Absolutely. you've ever been addicted to anything. It's literally a sugar addiction. Yes. If you don't have it, all of a sudden you start craving it. There's a reason why animals before when animals that hibernate before winter and such, what will they do? They'll overeat to pack up on food and fats, right? Yeah. To get them through the winter. Mm -hmm. And that's 
that's like your but your body's no different. If you have if you have any extra weight, you technically do not need to eat to get no, any kind of to. energy. You will still feel hungry. You'll have symptoms of mm-hmm. feeling and experiencing hunger, mm-hmm. but you are not actually in any need of satiation. You're exactly. Fine. You're bo- fine. Your body is still going to feed off of the fat for energy. Just and in it's case, also going um, to feed the Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're good. Oh. What's up? Um, just in case people don't know also, um, I, it's been told to me, and I think I'm getting the numbers right here, that uh, one gram of sugar has uh, like four and a half calories. One gram of protein has like three or four calories. It's not spe- not specifically sugar, so j- just carbs in general. So I believe it – oh, man, I might be messing this up. So I know fat is, I believe, nine calories – uh, proteins are four, and I think carbs are also nine. But I no. could be wrong so about that. So I'm pretty sure what I was going to say is that um, sugars, proteins, um, and I guess carbs. I, I don't. I don't even know carbs. Are about four gram, uh, four calories per gram, and then sugar. I'm sorry. Fat is about nine. So fat has twice as many calories in it per gram than sugar does. Mm-hmm. Adam's looking this up because he's very interested now. I, I am. He needs to get this number it's, right because he's convinced I, I'm wrong. It's something I used to know like really well for whatever reason. I'm just I wasn't having... even that worried about being right or wrong. I was pretty sure I'm on it. So a gram of fat has about nine calories. Okay. While a gram of carbs and protein has about four. And carbs okay. also mean sugar. Because sugar is included in that. So, okay. That, Perfect. Those, those so are the numbers. Go- we have invoked Google and we know. <laughs> those so my original numbers. point yes. was um, your body stores fat twice as much as it stores sugar. Uh-huh. It burns through sugar very quickly because right. it's easy to burn. Uh, it doesn't take very long. So it wants to go through the path of least resistance. Yes. Which is the reason why you get addicted to sugar in the first place. We just kind of jumped into, oh, everyone's addicted to sugar. Well, that's the reason why you are addicted to sugar. It's easier for your body to burn than the fat is. Right. Well, and and even, I mean, saying that everybody's addicted to sugar isn't even that far from the truth. I oh, mean, we literally all are. Yeah. People, Everyone in the Western society is addicted yeah, to sugar. Even even things that people are eating that they think are healthy, it's like, I dare you guys, start reading the back, like the ingredients in the back of your oh, The worst stuff. thing you can possibly put in your body, dude, in my opinion, is any kind of diet anything. So yes. Diet soda, diet juice, diet candy bar, whatever. Sugar-free items. Sugar-free items. So if something tastes sweet, and the only exception I can really think of here is stevia, but Mm -hmm. with stevia aside, anything else, if it tastes sweet, it's going to be processed in your body as as sucrose, as as sugar. Um, So the only thing that sugar-free is doing is they're not using natural sugars, like from sugar beets or sugar cane. What they're doing is they're using chemicals, yes, like like aspartame, and that one has gotten very cliche. So there's other ones now they use, um, but these chemicals are man-made in a laboratory, and they taste they, to mimic sugar. Mm-hmm. But your body, when it creates new cells, okay, so it eats it eats this uh, sugar-free, so it eats these chemicals, and then it stores these chemicals in your cells, and when it breaks down the cells later on. It releases that chemical back into your body. 
to create more cells with. So because it's chemicals and not a biological thing, it can have mistakes on a cellular level. And mistakes on a cellular level are also called cancer. Yes. So really, you're still processing sugar, you are still gaining the weight just as quickly, but you're getting the added benefit of a little bit of cancer on top of it. Yes. So if you're gonna have something diet or sugar-free, you are really a lot better off just having real sugar. Mm-hmm. Just have it. Well, and and the thing is too, is like people need to read, because even when you see something that, so anytime you look at the back of a, any kind of food item and you're reading the nutrients and it says zero grams of sugar, it's like people, you still need to read the ingredients in it. Yeah. Because when you see something that says like, any really anything that ends with like strous or cross or- Dextrose, sucrose, yeah. maltose. You know, corn syrup. All of, all of those are sugars. And usually they're like the first or second or third ingredients oh, on, yeah. the, on the item. And I think that's what a lot of people do is there's they go on these diets and they give these diets a bad name because they're not doing the full research and looking at things. Oh, much. that's one of or, the worst things, yeah, dude. Or they're or they're cheating all the time and they're ashamed to tell anybody. But what do those same people do now? They're when they're hanging out with a friend or somebody else, and that friend's like, "Oh, well, I just started keto." Well, now what are they saying? Oh, I tried that and it just it just didn't work for me. It just didn't work for my body. No, that is. Not but they're getting the sugar-free syrup in their coffee. Yes. They're getting the diet cokes. They're getting that's not keto. And then a lot of people go through the what you mentioned earlier, the keto flu, which is basically your body adjusting to this. Yeah, and it's adjusting to this new way of eating. And people sit there and go, "Oh, well, this diet makes me sick, or I'm I'm really hungry. I can't do this diet." It's like you you have to diets are a process. You can't try a diet for two weeks and then say, "Oh, well, it doesn't work." Well, I've heard a lot of people say it too, and I think we just forget. If it took you 10 years to gain 100 pounds Mm -hmm. and to get to that level of unhealthy, logically, why would you not just assume it's going to take you 10 years to undo that damage? And the, it's and a lot easier to get there, right. but it took just as much time. Well, and the and the fucking big part of it is people. It's just impatience of people, because like you said, it, it could t- have taken them ten years to get to that point of obesity, and then or of unhealthiness. You don't even have to be fat to be unhealthy, right? But then you get to this point where you're like, all right, well, if this diet doesn't work for in the first two weeks, then. I'm not going to do it anymore because it obviously doesn't work. When in reality, it took you 10 years to get there and it could take you only three months to get back to a healthy position. Well, with consistency, though. With consistency. But people are just, everybody wants everything now. It's like that's Um, not going to, but keto is going to be the fastest (laughs) way. Keto is is really fast. Uh, One thing I did want to say, too, about the keto flu thing is Mm -hmm. that it's not 100%. Um, a withdrawal. There is also another thing going on oh, yeah. uh, that we didn't touch on. So there are bacteria mm-hmm. um, that live in your stomach and well, in your whole digestive tract, actually, yeah. all the way from when you eat it to when you poop it out. Uh, and these bacteria help to break down the food into sizable chunks that your body can absorb. Okay. So they're, they're actually beneficial to your body. So not just one kind of bacteria lives in there and eats everything. Some bacteria is more prone to eating sugar. Some bacteria thrives more off of protein. So, mm-hmm. so if you have a high intensely sugary diet, okay, which most of us do, you're 
you have mostly bacteria in your stomach that thrives off of sugar. Mm -hmm. When you stop eating the sugar, that bacteria, it can't eat the fat that you're starting to take in. So that sugar bacteria starts to die, starts to starve to death. And that takes a few days. So it's a long process. And when you get towards the end, when the colony of the bacteria is dying, the, the strong ones that live towards the end, they actually give off signals to your brain and tell you what you are craving. So when you have a food craving, like, oh, I really want spicy food, a lot of times that's because you need iron in your blood. So these bacteria are part of that system that tells your brain what you need. Mm -hmm. So as they're starving to death, they will start to shoot off tons of signals saying, give us sugar, give us sugar. They'll start to actually, you'll get diarrhea because your body is expelling the dead bacteria. So there is, it's not completely mental. There is a, a biological process going on that makes right. you feel sick as well. Well, and it's not so much that these bacterias die off or not. You can you can look at it as, because your, your stomach has hundreds and millions of these, you know, microbiomes oh, and organisms. Your body is mostly not you. You're mostly bacteria. Right. So what happens is you have these bacterias that only eat like the sugary foods. So right. let's, so... What happens is when you start consuming all these foods, you need all those micro, those all that bacteria in your stomach. Mm -hmm. But it kind of goes to what you're the story you're talking about the kid and the pop tart. You can look right. at the kid as a piece of bacteria, and the pop tart is what you're consuming exactly. all the time. Good so and when the so when the kid knows it's going to get a pop tart the next day, well, it, there's no need for any of the microorganisms in his stomach that want the healthy food to do anything or keep working because they know that the other bacteria is going to take care of the job because that's what yeah. you're getting. Your body just wants energy to burn. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to think it's not used to living in today's world. Your brain was really set up like in caveman days. Oh, yeah. Well, and um, our society has evolved a lot faster than our, you know. Well, we're finding that. Our anatomy has. Yeah. Um, our eyes are starting to get larger and larger over time. Mm -hmm. uh, things. So, yeah, we haven't caught up with our world yet. So biologically, we're still ready to hunt mammoths. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's an extreme example, but we're still ready to build forts and fight things. And well, it's it's just your body still reacts in those kinds of ways. So like the, the whole point with uh, and we can segue into fasting for this. The reason sure, why we can talk about fasting, the reason why fasting is so beneficial is because in the times of cavemen where, mm -hmm. you know, you were having to run and hunt and get your food, sure. sometimes you would, you know, you would build up on all of this food and then you would go, you know, maybe a couple days without eating again. Yeah, well, yeah you didn't hunt every day. You had right. other shit to do. So your body had to get ready for those moments. So yeah. you, what happens when you fast is your body starts to produce more testosterone and it starts to produce HGH that goes to help your mu maintain your muscles and strengthen your muscles. And when you're not consuming food and your body's done uh, consuming all the glycogen in your body and using that as energy, what's it going to go to? It's going to go to fat. So keto is a diet of a way to eat to be in ketosis, whereas fasting, if you fast for long enough, your body will go into ketosis naturally. Right. You're still taking the sugar away. Mm -hmm. You're still becoming fat adjusted. And it's all because our bodies are still wired in this sort of caveman type of mentality yeah. But we just have more food now to just constantly consume. So did Our you body know doesn't to handle it. Fasting can actually go a step further than just putting you into ketosis. Hmm. Um, there's actually another 
layer of fasting that most of us have never been in and will never get to because it's very difficult to do. Hmm. Um, but it's called autophagy. Oh, yes. And um, I remember those days. So basically, <laughs> the best way it's been explained to me, I've never experienced autophagy, guys. I'm not that disciplined. But Justin says that he has. And the way he explained autophagy is you will, when you fast, you'll become fat adjusted. So your body will get very good at burning its own fat for energy. Well, after doing it for a long period of time, yeah. Um, I mean, even within the first couple of days, if you just stop eating right now, don't do anything. Well, within that's... the first couple of days, you'll get real good at burning your own body fat. Well, your body will will start burning fat, but fat adjusted means that like, so let's say you've been doing keto for like three or four months, then your body becomes fat adjusted to where if you do happen to cheat one day, your body is more likely to go and burn the fat as energy while it's burning the glycogen. So you're fat adjusted. Your body is now used to burning the fat. Thank you. Yes. So when you stop eating uh, and you're fasting, your body will begin to burn its own fat. And after a couple of days of this, your body will actually, for lack of a better word, get bored with burning the fat. Uh, remember, there's nine calories per gram of fat, so mm -hmm. it takes longer to burn it. Your body will start to seek out other means of fuel that burn quicker and easier. So it'll actually look for compromised tissue, such as scar tissue, um, tumors inside your body, mm -hmm. uh, anything that's compromised that doesn't work well, it burns faster than good tissue does. Your body will start to actually eat that. And it's been found that through this process that they call autophagy, you can actually reverse pretty significant biological damage. Uh, even up to, in some cases, uh, cancer. You can actually have reversal of cancer with autophagy. Yeah, there's been which a... Which is pretty crazy when you really think about it. Yeah, there's been a couple cases of that happening, but that's also really in the early stages. But what a lot of people, I think, struggle with things... Uh, because I just read this article today about this person who was talking about where the keto diet came from. Oh, yeah. Where did and it was first developed to help as a alternative diet for kids who had seizures. Oh, really? Random seizures. I didn't know yeah. that. That's interesting. So, when they do, so there are these dietitians out there that who were part of this. Uh, it was a study and then it became a real way to, you know, diagnose these or a, as a prescription to give these kids a prescription diet. Right. And, but, and they do warn, they go, first of all, we didn't know it was going to become a fad diet. You know, this isn't meant, you know, this wasn't meant for healthy people or people who aren't, you know. We're talking about keto, right? Keto, yes. Oh, we're interesting. About keto and they were oh, like, wow. this wasn't developed for that. This was just a way to get kids to stop having these seizures because we found that that change in diet did that Oh, no them. kidding. Yeah. So they, so there are dietitians that are coming out now where they're like, you know, if you're doing keto and you feel good, I mean, that's great by all means, but just know like we have zero clue what the long-term effects of doing keto are. And Interesting. I think what a lot of the people get issue, and this is, this isn't just with keto. This is with any diet. People will get into the system of going, okay, so, so for example, uh, the keto diet, you just have to eat, uh, you know, high fats, you know, and low carbs and stuff. So you can get that by eating bacon, egg, and cheese every day, right? 
Right. You eat a lot of bacon, egg, and cheese. You can definitely have as much bacon as you want. And you can be in ketosis. Your body can be producing ketones. You could even be in autophagy through all of this. But at the same point, you're still only getting the nutrients that are in bacon, eggs, and cheese. So your body is now missing right. out on all of these other nutrients. And there are dietitians out there that say that is the that is where a lot of these diets become dangerous. What if you take a multivitamin? Because, I mean, you can, and there are people who do. Um, but I I think a lot of people who are really into the to the dieting and the health aspect always like to get it from like really natural places that they can yeah it's definitely better to eat it but but there are definitely like reasons to take multivitamins like so i'm somebody who i i hate the taste of fish right i can't do seafood i can't do cooked fish crabs lobsters i know a lot Mm. and a lot of people do but so i'm but so that also means that i'm missing out on a lot of omega-3s because the fish is just rich in that kind of stuff so like I should probably take like an omega-3 vitamin. Right. But as far as eating like the same foods every day and then just taking like five different vitamins or three multivitamins to make sure you're getting the other minerals, it's still not the same kind of not. Yeah, it's not optimal. You can get the more natural nutrients from the food. What is – there's a tree that Justin is very interested in that you have to – that you guys get in a powdered form. Oh, Moringa. Moringa. So Moringa is one of the only things I've heard of that – you can actually eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and be pretty okay. Yeah. So, so Justin is more privy on the all the information that goes into moringa. I only like it just because I've noticed the way it makes me feel when I take it. You've said it gives so, you lots of energy. Yeah. It's yeah. It's strange. So it's a tree. It's a tree that grows uh, in the uh, Southeast Asia. Yeah, the Philippines. So one of those. It, and they, they use it for everything, guys. Yeah, everything. If if you've had matcha, any kind of like matcha tea or matcha powder, it's it tastes very similar to that. So oh, it tastes like so it tastes like dirt a little sweet bit. Sweet grass. But, uh, more without the, the sweet. Yeah, more on the dirt side. Uh, <laughs> but we used to every morning we used to we had this like little Nutribullet blender. <laughs> And you just put some almond milk in there with some blueberries to kind of help with the taste. Then you'd put, yeah. you know, like a scoop of the moringa in there. And then you would just chug this drink every morning. And yeah, it was, it just gives you this like boost of energy, but it doesn't feel like a caffeinated or an energy drink energy. Like it feels like, a, like it's just giving your body that push of like where you would be three hours from now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You feel like a, a, awake in the morning. and alert. Yeah. And, yeah. Interesting. And, and so I just know I just would always take it for that, and I so I have no clue about all the science stuff. It's a little expensive, but I think it's worth it. I mean, it does last you a while. You if know? you guys are interested in it, I think it's one of those things you can only find at like a Whole Foods. Whole Foods or sell it at like fries. Yeah, or I got a big bag of it on Amazon. You can always yeah. go on Amazon and get it. But it's it's really amazing. And and one big benefit of it that I always tell people to take it for this, nobody ever fucking does, is it works fantastic for hand. Hangovers. Oh, really? If you wake up and you just have a scorching headache and you feel super groggy, like make yourself a Moringa drink, fucking plug your nose, drink that shit, no and within the next hour you'll feel great. Isn't it weird how nature has like a plant for almost everything? Yeah. Like, I, there's a plant that could fix almost anything. I truly believe like – we literally have everything we need to like cure all of our diseases on the planet earth as far as like well, yeah. herbal medicines and but 
we're either making them illegal or, you know, we're making more money off the pills and it just, it sucks, you know, but, and we're seeing this more and more with these diets. Like, I mean, we, we see it with marijuana, we know that there are CB, CBD can shrink in some cancer cells. There have been reports of the keto diet, uh, completely getting rid of tumors. Specifically autophagy. Well, specifically autophagy caused by ketosis, yeah. But, well, that's what happens. Caused by long periods of fasting. Which causes ketosis. Um, I don't think ketosis has really much to do with it. It's really, it's the the long periods of fasting that put you into autophagy. Right, but you have, but long periods of fasting cause ketosis and you can't go into autophagy without being ketosis. Squares and rectangles, bro. So one is, well, you can't have one without the other, but you don't just necessarily have both of them. You know what I mean? Like, ketosis does not lead to autophagy. Ketosis is something that happens to happen along the way of autophagy. Well, I think it's the other way around. Autophagy happens to happen on the way after ketosis. You have to be in ketosis to be in autophagy. No, you have to be fasting to be in autophagy. Hmm. It's, It's caused by long periods of fasting. I think it's also caused by ketosis, but well, no. we could. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you, I'm right on that. Hey, guys, I'm let us know. I'm pretty confident I'm right on that. But uh, you get full of opinions, right? Full but opinions. but anyways, we we know that these plants and that these different diets and ways of doing things cause these you know shrinkage and cancer cells and tumors and whatever it is. But like I said, we make everything either illegal or, you know, the farm, the pharmaceutical companies make too much money off well, of this. And also, shit. like, a doctor could never prescribe, like, fasting. Right. Or they would probably lose their license for that. Mm-hmm. Well, doctors get um, stipends for recommending certain – or pills and stuff, don't they? Prescribing certain pills. Uh, oh, oh, yes, stipends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I believe so. Um, and you also – I don't think you can force a child – to fast. You have to be super careful with that. Right. That becomes like abuse real quickly. There was a uh, study or, well, it, it wasn't a study. It was, so if, if you guys want to learn more about keto specifically, I know we've been talking about it a lot, but you can watch uh, this documentary called The Magic Pill on Netflix that goes into it quite extensively. And one of the moments brought up on that documentary was you had this child that had a, a really bad autism to the point to where like they weren't they were I think like five or six but they couldn't like speak. Is this the fish cracker kid? Uh, the, the one that all they fed yeah, him was yeah, fish crackers. Yeah, exactly that kid. Goldfish. Yeah. yeah, that's all this kid would eat is goldfish. It was goldfish and chicken fingers. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so but they couldn't ever get this kid to sit down and eat, or they couldn't right. even get him to hold a fork. And so what they would do is just that they'd put out these uh, they put out the fish crackers or they put out like the, just a little thing of chicken fingers on a plate on the counter. And the kid would be running around and grab one throughout the day. And when they put them on this keto diet, they found out that all of a sudden, like he was becoming calmer. He was he was now speaking words. He was able to hold a fork. That's crazy, man. But in order to get there, they had to basically force the kid to the fast because just as the analogy with the pop tart earlier, oh, yeah, just wait for they it. had to take the food away first and make yeah. sh- and tell him that well, your only option is this food here. Mm-hmm. And when you get hungry enough, it's a natural instinct. You'll yes, eat. you'll start to eat the bark off a tree if you're hungry enough. <laughs> especially dude. as a child. Yeah, you are not going to just child. starve to death quietly. It's not going to happen. So, and and that's the cool thing with fasting also is I tell people that if you're – it, it's a good segue into like 
a dieting lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Because if you find yourself in this position where you're really addicted to the fast foods and the sugar and everything out there, it's okay, fine, keep eating those. But just don't eat for most of the day. Oh, well, that's that's the idea of intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I actually, me and you practice that. Yeah. Um, me and Adam, at least at this stage in our lives, right today, right now, um, we pretty much eat whatever we want. There's no real restrictions on what we eat. No. Um, but we do all of our eating, for the most part, Within in about like a, a four-hour window. About four to six hours yeah. of the day. Um, and what that does is it gives your body time to break down everything that you've put into it throughout mm -hmm. the day. Um, so I think, what is it? No matter who you are and what you ate, you pretty much have broken down everything in your stomach by 12 hours, 9 to 12 hours. Yeah, roughly. So you always consider yourself 12 because mm -hmm. you always think no matter who you are, you're at the higher end of the scale, right? Yeah. So you give yourself the most time possible. So after 12 hours... Any any normal person has broken down everything in their stomach. And mm -hmm. at anything past the 12-hour mark, you're now starting to actually use up the energy that's in your body, which mm -hmm. is stored fat. Right. Um, so by going – most people start with like an 18-6. Mm -hmm. So they'll go 18 hours without eating, and then they'll eat whatever they want for six hours. Yeah. Um, so you're giving yourself time to break everything down plus an extra six hours to just – take away from what you've stored. Mm -hmm. Then when you eat, you restore it again and break it down the next day. It's not so much a way to lose weight, but it's a very, very solid strategy to maintain weight. Well, yeah, to me, it, it definitely to maintain weight, but I think you end up just losing weight just just by the nature of, of, the, of intermittent fasting. Because when you give yeah. yourself a small window to eat, you know, like I mean, I I I used to do a crazy right. I give myself like a two-hour window, right? Yeah, you can, the so, shorter window, the better. But when you give yourself those windows, all of a sudden you find like you'll eat. Usually, people will eat like a big meal first, right? And then they'll be like, "Oh, well, I'm full," mm -hmm. you know. And they might feel hungry, you know, sixteen hours later or twelve hours later. But it's like, sorry, your window's gone. Yeah, you just don't. You eat. know, so and you you'll just get don't used eat. to it. Oh, you'll yeah. start to find that like my window starts at about three, four o'clock mm -hmm. in the afternoon. And I'll, I'll usually go from about 4 till 10 right. is when I'll let myself eat. Um, that's another thing. A lot of people say you shouldn't eat before bed. Google it, guys. You actually <laughs> burn the most calories while you're sleeping. Yeah, that's, a, it, that's another argument. It really doesn't matter. Um, so by if I do about 4 to 10, and then I'll find that the, by the next day, I'll have a little rumbly in my tumbly about 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. But if you just kind of like wipe it away and keep going with your day, I don't get hungry again until about three or four o'clock. Yeah. And by doing that over time, your stomach is like a um, like a balloon, I guess. It's like a rubber balloon. So it has elasticity, like mm -hmm. a rubber band does. Um, so your stomach can grow and it can shrink. And if you don't put a lot of food in your stomach all the time, day after day after day for weeks, mm -hmm. uh, your stomach will actually become smaller. It'll get yeah. more constricted. So you'll feel full quicker. I think they literally have surgeries where they take out Lap like band surgery. Yeah, yeah a part of the or they, have they, one, they like close up the stomach to make it look like it's smaller. Yeah, they can tighten yeah. the tube coming uh, coming into the stomach so that it doesn't feed the food to it as quickly. Mm -hmm. Or they can literally uh, staple your stomach. They can they can yeah. make it smaller. <sighs> yeah. Don't ever get to that point, guys. You can naturally <laughs> do that though, guys. You can do that naturally through yeah. time. It just instead of it taking an afternoon, it's going to take a year. Yeah, that's you know? that's what people always need to understand too. It's like these things take 
just like building a YouTube channel. It, it all takes patience and consistency. But you, yes, it does. But the biggest thing with these diets is you have to follow the rules. You can't, yeah, you man. can't make exceptions. You can't be kind of keto. And if you do make exceptions, that's fine. But you have to be like you have to be honest about those exceptions. You can't tell people like, oh, I did keto or I did the carnivore diet for six months when really like every other day you were getting jack in the box and just not telling anybody because you were ashamed of it. So you never tried keto. You know, have you heard of, um, I don't, I don't know if it's new or if I've just recently got introduced to it. Uh-huh. Uh, have you heard of this raw food diet, specifically raw meat? Justin's talked to me a little bit about it. I haven't practiced it or done any information myself. It's pretty interesting. I think I actually touched on it on one of the earlier podcasts that we did. I think you um, did, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll just quickly kind of run over my knowledge of it. Um, inside meat is stored bacteria. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that bacteria we were talking about earlier, the one that right. helps to break down cells in your body and break down food and shit like that. So uh, it gets stored in meat cells, in fat cells. And as meat breaks down or decomposes, uh, it will unleash these bacteria, which will eat the rotten meat. Mm-hmm. So they've done studies on this where they put a piece of meat inside a bunch of uh, airtight chambers right Uh they've brought a lamb into a bunch of airtight chambers butchered the lamb in a perfect environment right so there was nothing in the air left the lamb meat out before they left it out before they left the chamber they looked at it and there was nothing going on on the meat it just looked clean two days later they came back and it looked to the naked eye to still be clean and they're like what the fuck and they looked at it on a microscope and it was teeming with bacteria tons of it So what that showed is the bacteria was stored in the cells, in the meat, the bacteria was unleashed, and it was eating the dead cells around the meat, which is what made it appear to be still fresh. Interesting. So now we know that these bacteria do exist, and they do indeed break down dead cells. Now, do the same experiment with a piece of cooked lamb. Cook a piece of lamb all the way through, and then leave it out on your counter for two days. Come back to it it will have an entirely different ecosystem of bacteria on it because you've killed all the good bacteria in the cells by cooking it, and bacteria in the air can thrive on that now. If you eat cooked meat that has been left out for multiple days, you will get terribly, terribly sick. Right. You can even die from it. Right. If you have well-maintained raw meat, uh, you can eat that two days later and that bacteria will not hurt you that bacteria will actually go into you and will actually start to eat the dead cells inside you but wouldn't it be almost impossible for just your average joe to be able to gain those kind of benefits from raw meat because you're talking about with this experiment or you know research that they were doing where they slaughtered a lamb in a controlled environment, right? Right. So, well, when you go to the market and you buy, you know, slabs of steak or any kind of meat, well, it's not, at that point, it's not in a controlled environment. It probably wasn't slaughtered in a controlled environment. So, I mean, what yeah, would happen you can if you... still store it. Like, so usually you wouldn't just put a T-bone steak on a plate and put it in your closet for right. three days. Right, right, um, right, Typically, it's organ meat. Okay, so it's been kept inside the body of the animal until it was butchered. Uh-huh. Um, and 
typically it's put inside of some kind of jar or airtight container. Well, you can, um, you can, and then it's not rotted, but then it's broken down. Then it's then it's aged. Right, but I mean, you can buy it and put it into a jar to maintain it from that point. But you've already it's already been exposed though to an uncontrolled environment from being outside, you know, sitting in a little oh, fridge. Oh, I see what part. you're saying. You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't seem, it. doesn't, that part does not seem to affect the 25,000 people who practice raw food eating. Huh. Um, maybe they did that specifically in the experiment just to have an extreme case right. to show that there's absolutely no chance nothing could be on it. Right. Because uh, with science, it's all about variables. So you have to eliminate only one variable at a time when you do an experiment. So how are these people... Uh, the people who are eating raw meat, what are they experiencing within their like health or like mental so, health, physical health? I think that it's actually a misconception that people say that they experience um, high energy levels mm -hmm. um, because everyone I've actually seen post videos or I've actually talked to who practices raw meat eating says that they do not actually get like they drunk like they drank a coffee. Mm -hmm. Like they don't get an accelerated amount of energy. What they do get is clear-headedness, right? Uh, state of mind. Um, mental illness seems to go away or at least reduce. Uh, so there's one guy who I follow who had very bad depression. He actually moved to a different country to get away from everything. Uh, found the practice of raw meat eating in that country mm -hmm. and has since um, totally turned his, his mental state around. Interesting. Um, so you get a lot of those benefits. You also get the bacteria, which eats the dead cells in you. So you tend to have nicer skin, better hair. You look healthier. You feel healthier. You live longer. Mm -hmm. uh, live longer hasn't been proven yet because it hasn't been around that long. Right. You know, I assume that you would probably live longer. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that's really interesting is there's a guy I follow who does raw organ meat. And he says that he hasn't farted in um months like months and months and months he hasn't he hasn't passed gas really yeah he says that um in his his theory of it is that you're not supposed to fart if you fart it's because you ate something that is not good for your body and that is why in his opinion we find farts to be repulsive is because they're not something that should be happening it's not a good thing when you fart um Americans do a lot of farting. Yes, we do. Because we eat a lot of crap. <laughs> so I actually, um, I tried it with eggs. I actually, I eat raw eggs. I remember that, yeah. Um, I haven't done it in a couple weeks now, but for, I went over a month where I ate a raw egg every single day. Mm -hmm. And at first, I was pretty worried. I was like, mm, I don't know if this is going to be okay or not. Mm -hmm. So I found after a few days that I didn't feel astronomically better but I found I had no reason to stop eating the raw eggs. I was getting absolutely no negative impacts from eating the raw egg. And if anything, an egg, when you eat it raw, it really sticks with you, dude. You're full for a while really? after you eat it raw. Yeah, it's crazy. I'd eat one at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and it would hold me till like 6. It was weird. Interesting. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still here. I'm fine. never got sick from it. So um, would you consider now m moving to the raw meat stage? 
I've just grown up with so much warning on raw meat. It's just I've, hard for me to get past that. See, and that's where I'm at. It's <laughs> like I, I have no doubt that there's 25,000 people who practice it and are doing fine, but at Listen, the same time. Am, am I thoroughly convinced that I would be okay if I did it? Yes. I am okay. 100% convinced I would be fine if I ate raw organ meat. Mm-hmm. Yes. With that being said, it's the risk to reward ratio. There's yeah. there's just not enough reward for me to actually go through the act of chewing up the raw meat. It's just so disgusting. Well, and I feel like that that's something that you have to practice like once your body is already in a healthier place, right? Yes. So if you're eating a lot yes. of fast food, switching straight over to eating raw meat, your body's oh. probably not going to do well with that, so right? Also, yeah, like you just said there, you'll actually get super sick if you do that. Okay. Um, so I did kind of fail to mention, I guess, that part of processing this raw meat and the raw egg uh-huh. uh, has a lot to do with the acidity levels in your stomach. So gotcha. your pH levels. Um, if your stomach is too base, if the pH isn't at the right level, you won't break down the raw material. Um, and if it's too high, if you have too much acidity, you'll do damage to your insides. You know what I mean? You'll actually get, you'll start to get scar tissue and inflammation on your insides. Right. So there is a balance. Um, celery juice is amazing for bringing the pH to the right level to break down raw material. Oh, so that's what celery's good for. That's what celery's good for. <laughs> it's good for change, changing your pH. Um, so yeah, and I feel like every intense dieting idea has stipulations like that. Oh yeah. So like we talked about fasting earlier. Mm-hmm. And in fasting, that's just when you don't eat, right? That would be a... Um, a wet fast, right? Where you drink water with it. Right. So there's another one you can do that's more intense called a dry fast. Yeah. And that's where you don't drink water either. And believe it or not, guys, you can actually go multiple days doing this. Yeah, You're not going to die in two days like they say you will. We've watched Justin do it. I think I saw Justin go I think he went three, three? days. Yeah. Three, three consecutive days. days. And he was still walking around and fine. It's, yeah. You're okay. Um, well, part of that is you can't just do that willy-nilly. So there's this stuff called snake juice that he drinks when yes. he does that. And it doesn't come from snakes, but what it is is just, or Adam can tell you what's in it, but it, it basically keeps your kidneys alkalined. So the idea of snake juice comes from the fact that, so if you're in a coma in a hospital, right, and you so you obviously can't eat, you're not able to drink right. anything, so they hook an IV to you. Well, what's in that IV is uh, sodium and potassium. Those are the two things your body needs to be right. able to survive. So it's this idea that when you're fasting, these are still things that you need. I think your body needs like 6,400 uh, milligrams of potassium every day. And I'm not sure the number on the sodium. But so it literally it's just water. It's you put in uh, salt. You put in – we put in no salt, which is just potassium in powdered form. And then you also put uh, baking soda in there. When what baking soda helps is it keeps your kidneys alkaline. Right. So because you can really fuck up your kidney if you do like water fast and then all of a sudden start to eat something. And that's the parts people don't tell you. Yes. Is they're like, oh, you can fast for three days, you'll be okay. Which is true. Mm-hmm. 
if you follow a couple of rules along the way. Exactly. Too many people, I think, uh, I, I mean, it's good with like you or I, because if somebody asked us about fasting, we're able to tell them like, oh, make sure you do this, make sure you do that. We've done a lot of research though. But there are so many people who I feel, you know, they, they look at somebody who's in great shape or is super happy and they mention like, oh, I do fasting. I, I you know, don't eat for 18 hours and then I eat for six hours. And then they're just like, oh, well, I'm going to do that. Or I'm just going to fast for two straight days. You're going to fuck yourself up if you don't do it right. Fuck yourself up. Absolutely. Um, You know, when Justin does a three-day dry fast, he's off. Yes. He doesn't go to work and dry fast. There are guidelines to doing these things um, in a safe way manner yes you know what i mean so that there's just a side note that has to be said as well it's it just comes down to just make sure you do your research before you do a diet and if yeah, you're going to do a diet do the diet don't give it into the exceptions don't give yourself you know caveats or exit doors just fucking do the diet and if you're not ready to do it accept that too just accept that i'm not ready to do it yet the issue with crash diets is well it's in the name people usually end up crashing so that would be where like you intensely diet for two or three days well not intensely diet for two or three days just like if you're super unhealthy and then you just so i mean say you're some but you're you know an obese person that consumes you know 6400 oh, like calories yeah oh gotcha, and then all gotcha. of a sudden you're like okay tomorrow i'm gonna start fasting right well you're you're it's it's not necessarily gonna hurt you but it's gonna no, you'll hurt live your mental it. state of mind though and it's going to put you in a place where you're going to say fasting doesn't work for me, or even though not, it does. Or not even that. It gets to this point to where if all of a sudden you break that day now, right? Later on, you, you know, you get something sweet to eat. Well, now you're fucking with your mental state of mind because now you're making yourself feel like a failure of like, oh, I couldn't even do this. And when you get into that depressive state, it makes you want to give into your vices more. Absolutely. So it it's like... It, it's okay to go about it gradual. And if it takes you four months to make gradual changes to finally get to a, a dieting lifestyle, then it takes you four months. You just want to make sure that you're constantly taking little steps forward. And I think a lot of people don't do that. And that's how you get a lot of people who say diets don't work. Yeah, it's misinformation. A good one that I've seen a lot of people that we actually didn't talk about here. Um, I've seen a lot of people have success getting into this is the Whole30 diet. Oh, yeah. I, I totally even um, forgot to mention that one. Yeah, It's pretty chic right now. I don't know the exact specifics, but basically what it does, it's meant to make food a little bit more inconvenient in your daily life Yeah, to kind of dissuade you from reaching for food as a comfort. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily restrict a lot of what you can have. But for instance, you can have potato chips. Yes. But... You can only have potato chips if you buy raw potatoes, mm-hmm. cut them, and actually deep fry them yourself. Which you tastes create... delicious, by the They're way, They're fantastic, guys. guys. But it <laughs> takes over an hour to make a small, like, one little person bag of potato chips. Yeah. So it's not the fact that, oh, potatoes are good for you on this diet. They're still garbage. Mm-hmm. But it's making it very inconvenient to get to that garbage. Yes. So when you're on the couch being lazy and you want to watch a movie, you don't go, oh, I'm going to go grab some chips. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, fuck, I can't do that because it's going to take me an hour to make chips. Right. So it's a really good kind of introductory, like, entry-level mm-hmm. diet that will 
the biggest thing I've seen is it makes people's skin look great, dude. Mm -hmm. People's skin can change in 30 days. Yeah, well, and what's really great about the whole 30 is there's a time limit, right? Yeah. So you can do anything for 30 days. Just about, yeah. So it's it's a really nice little, just as you said, introductory diet where you're just helping to get yourself off the cravings, get yourself used to cooking for yourself. But you're not supposed to stop after 30 days. It's just just a psychological thing. After 30 days, you feel so good that you're going to want to keep doing it. Mm You don't. You can't just do it for thirty days and say I'm good for the year. Yeah, I I've known people who will do the well a lot. And speaking of the year, a lot of people will do it in January, right? They'll do yeah. that to jumpstart their new year. Justin was one of those people, and um, but what ends up what a lot of people end up doing with it is they'll basically give themselves like one or two cheat days a month, right? So right. the idea is you do the whole thirty, and then you have one or two days where you cheat in whichever way that you do and then you start the whole 30 again because you feel so good and uh oh that's another thing we need to talk about cheat days okay so guys there is a right and a wrong oh, way apparently cheat days do. were more important than whole 30 uh, we're gonna jump right to cheat days we have yes so we, adam's very emotional about cheat days because he's gonna tell you a story right now yes about a little derailing moment in his life so there was a point last year where I was I was very into dieting. I was very healthy. I wasn't smoking at the time. I wasn't eating sugar. Um, I did exactly what we were just talking about. I started with a whole thirty diet. Did that for a while, a little over thirty days, and then we learned about keto and we started doing this keto diet. We, as in Justin and I, and we were doing very well with it. We we were like three or four months into it. And because of how good we were doing and how good we were feeling, we were like, you know what? We deserve one day to cheat. You can handle it. We deserve. You'll yeah, be fine. right. It's I've gone this far. I, I'll it's been be months, fine. Adam. You're okay now. So <laughs> there is a right way to do a cheat day, and there is a wrong way to do a cheat day. We did the very wrong way to do a <laughs> cheat day. <laughs> so. I think you kicked it off with what donuts. We was kicked the first thing. We kicked it off with donuts. <laughs> so the day before we had our cheat day, we literally went to Walmart and we just bought all the shit foods that we knew we wanted to consume the next day. And one of them was just that was just like chocolate glazed oh, donuts. Oh, I know exactly. They're oh, great. Oh, they're great when you dip them in milk, which you can't oh. have on keto. And, uh, <laughs> you can't have anything good. Oh my gosh! But so we started with that. At one point that day, we got fast food. We were eating ice cream. Just like all the fucking bad things they you can think of, we, they we went, they went insane, gorged. Mm-hmm. So now, as Matt was saying earlier, your body likes to take the path of least resistance, yes, and does. you've just given your body tons of carbs and sugars and glycogen to feed off of for a little bit now. So guess what happens the next day? When we are no longer, when we are done with our cheat day, when we're ready to get back onto keto, well, your body just got a taste of the path of least resistance. So what were we craving all day? Just shit food. Guys, it literally put them back all the way to square one. Yes. One 24-hour period undid four months worth of 
Yes. Uh, of, of work. Yeah. It was yeah. it was wild. The they didn't change. gain all the weight back. No. It's the lifestyle when mm-hmm. in one day I went right back to square one. Yeah. When when you, you are in ketosis, you feel like you are in ketosis. It, it's a very notable difference. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden when you're out of that, you, you definitely can tell that you're out of it. And yeah, so then the next day it's we – we gorge, not gorged, but we did have meals that were not, you know, uh, whole thirty or keto friendly. And then, you know, maybe we did it for a couple of days after that, but the cravings came back. Well, and when we you tried, tried to get, get back on the food, horse, you course. would have two or three days where you'd be like, "Okay, we're keto now." Mm-hmm. We're keto, and then those real intense withdrawals. Exactly. You always say the worst withdrawal is the one that happens last. So when you're at that three or four mo- month point, yeah, you always say that it's like. It's your brain's last resort to get its drug. Yeah, I, I use I use that uh, theory with like smoking cigarettes a lot. It's the issue I always have when I quit smoking because I've gone through about you know I'm happy to say like last year for example I, I did spend more time not smoking than I did smoking you good know job. which is really good after 14 years of doing it and and I and I hope for the same thing this year but what always ends up happening to I feel like a lot of people when they quit their vices is just that they'll get 3 4 sometimes 8 months down the road maybe mm-hmm. and then your body though just as you said has this last resort where all of a sudden you're at a party or something or you're around somebody who's having a cigarette or you know there's a social interaction whatever it is and all of a sudden your mind goes well because I've gone this long without it, if I have one, it's not going to hurt me. I can handle it. I can handle I'm it. Fine. I'm going to be fine. I'm strong enough now. Exactly. You're not. No. Nope. An addict is an addict is an addict. It, and you're talking to two of them right now, guys. Yes, 100%. So we're telling you. <laughs> so, and the same thing happens with, with the diet day. People will go so long and it's your mind's last resort of like, okay, this I'm going to try this one more time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think as just as you were saying, an addict is an addict is an addict. I think your body just constantly tries that. You oh. you could have it and then like not give into it. But then a year down the Dude, line, we've just never moment. made it that far. I think four years later, you can you can crave a cigarette. Oh yeah. I, th- I mean, my dad has quit smoking, and a lot of people's dads quit smoking for forty and blah blah blah. But my dad's one of those dads. He mm-hmm. quit for a long, long time, and um, it, he would even say he'd be like, "Of course, there's days where it, it it's when things are quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like when I'm at lunch at work or whatever. I'm sitting in the car. He's like, of course, I want a cigarette. Yeah. Like you never don't want the thing you're addicted to. You just you get better at coping with not having it. Yes, that's a good way to put it. My dad worked with somebody. My dad's quit smoking also, but he works with somebody who I believe has been has been off cigarettes for like 10, 12 years, right? Yeah, so you would so think they're invincible now, a right? A very long time. Yeah, like exactly. Good. And my dad asked her once when he was in his beginning throes of quitting, my dad asked her once, do you still miss it? And her response was yes. Every single day. Yeah. Yeah. She probably dreams it's, about it sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, but... But it, she's gotten really good at just... Not being with it. Being okay it. with not having it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Those, are, those are always the hard things with these kind of addictions, you know, and this goes with cigarettes or even with dieting, is it's really hard when you're in these points like right now. It's, you know, I, I'm currently smoking cigarettes. I'm not eating well. But going back to like the smoking cigarettes part... 
I, I still, I remember, I know what it's like to not be smoking. I know right. I feel better. I know that I get, I get to a point where I'm able to do things without having the cigarette or crave the cigarette necessarily. But it's that initial jumping on the horse that's always just the hardest because your mind doesn't well, And what's really crazy is it's not just, all these people are like, well, it's a chemical, it's a chemical. No, it's not just the chemical, no. man. Because you could put a patch on and you still want to smoke a cigarette. Yeah, It's that act of getting away for a minute, man. Well, That's a, what does it. A teacher actually put it into perspective for me, or said it in a way that I didn't think about it, As, aside from like the chemical addictions, this giant psychological addiction. Let's say that you're smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, right? So there's 20 cigarettes in a pack. So, and then you decide, okay, well, I'm gonna quit smoking. And let's say it takes an average of seven minutes to smoke each cigarette. Well, now when you've quit smoking, now you have 140 minutes two hours throughout and your day minutes. Yeah, that you don't know what to do with yourself because mm-hmm. you were spending that time smoking. Yeah. You know? Well, and it really becomes a ritual. Yeah. I guess you know, we'll probably have another podcast more about, about, like addiction about addictions and, and smoking yeah. and whatnot. Um, but the, but yeah, but the health it's stuff real, works guys. the same way, though. It's and, the exact same thing. Oh, so so getting on about the cheating, uh, just as a final thought here, the the right way to do cheat days. Oh yes, is, is because the right way. yeah, because because you can have cheat days, but the cheat days are like so. For example, let's say you're doing a keto diet, which is obviously you can have meats, veggies, limited fruit. So like a cheat day would be. You're going to go do Korean barbecue, right? So it's good food, but the sauce is going to have some sugars and stuff in it. But you're still eating some vegetables with it. It's good tasting pork. It's good tasting meat. Like those are the – and it's one meal. It's not you're gorging the whole day. It's today I'm going to go have Korean barbecue. Better to take all that money you spent on snacks, take that $100 and go to a nice restaurant and have one – one, really one good, good meal. meal with a beer, you know. And that's your cheat. Exactly. But that's not fun enough. Well, there's the price <laughs> you pay for health, isn't it? <laughs> All right, oh. guys. Well, we have we have reached the end of our time here. It's been 14 days. We've given you a podcast every day. And thank you for those who have been listening to every single one of them and commenting and liking. We always appreciate you guys. You know, Adam, hmm. even though it's day 14, I... I don't want to stop. I don't either. I don't think I can. I, I think I'm going to see you here tomorrow. I'll, I'll see you, Matthew. <gasps> we'll see you guys, too. We'll see you, too. Yay. It'll be fun. So just quick note. Remember, you can follow us on all the social media platforms. We do still have a GoFundMe going, www.gofundme.com forward slash Hardly Millennial. Uh, thank you for any donations that uh, you donate. We appreciate it. And Matthew, any final words? Uh, just, you know. Like us, share us with your friends, love us even. I don't think that's an option in YouTube, but like is good enough for us, guys. Yeah. And uh, we just appreciate you allowing us to uh, have the opportunity to do this for you. Yeah. So we're happy to do it, guys. All right, guys. Have a lovely rest of your day or night or whatever it is for you. Bye-bye.